Hello and welcome to my latest Mac Pod review for www.mufcglobal.co.uk. We want glazers out. Say we want glazers out. Oh, the dick up, near to the meek, still hanging around. What an absolute quote. Get this guy out of our football club. A complete incompetent when it comes to doing his current role. As I say, he has some. Um, positives in regards of infrastructure side but i just get rid of the bloke get him out the football club another glazer stewed cleared out please sir at so Manchester United back in action today away at Luton Town um, another big match for Manchester United the match they need to win because they've had a poor season with poor results so um, can they save themselves um, with uh, the current charge for the top four slash five in the Premier League uh, Spurs lost yesterday, so a chance to close the gap on them. They obviously closed the gap last week with a fantastic victory at uh, Villa Park on uh, Aston Villa. They did win yesterday, so um, you know you'll, you'll get within three of could get with a win within three of Spurs within five of uh, Aston Villa, and then a bit of a gap between the teams below us because they're going to be difficult matches to come. And Manchester United, as we know, they uh, flattered to see this season and uh, capable of putting in any sort of uh, shambles performance um, at any moment as I say I mentioned in the last pod unbeaten in 2024 I think it's four wins on the bounce I think uh, for Manchester United three in the league um, and they need to keep that going really to uh, make sure that this current run continues because it's easy for the run to stop and then for the weak mentality to take hold because that is unfortunately is what this side is like when things go well for them they can uh, go on the crest of a wave but when things go badly for them they're weak it's as simple as that and anybody thinks they're not weak because they've won a few matches um is deluded and had me watch them for the last 10 years um basically they're uh, they're a side that uh have decent quality players who can perform but they're also side that decent quality players that can show absolutely nothing United's best players this season are a 19 year old in Garnacho and an 8 year old in Kobe Mainu the uh, older more experienced players should be embarrassed by that but they're getting massive wages so maybe they're not so the team is in and it's it's the same team that started against Aston Villa which does, does make sense so Luke Shaw is fit um, he's still a massive concern, Luke Shaw, with his injury record. It's quite interesting. I'd love to compare Luke Shaw and Rafael Varane's injury record, but Varane gets a lot more criticism, it seems, um, from um, outside of the uh, football club for his injury. But as I say, Varane isn't British. I'll just leave that out there. Um, but um, yeah, so let's hope Luke Shaw is fully fit. Obviously, he's taking a hard time because of precaution, but we need him being fully fit throughout the rest of the next few matches. I mean, Martinez, unfortunately, is becoming a bit of a crock as well. This is it. I mean, our medical, the medical department at United is a joke. Mason Mount, <laughs> where is he? Who knows, Malassia, where is he? As I say, with Martinez, I mean, part of that was um, a botched um, surgery. As I say, it's, it's Dr Nick from The Simpsons, I think, that's doing our surgeries because um, uh, probably cheapskate surgeons because of the scum glazers. I mean, it's an absolute embarrassment, um, the medical side for Manchester United and... Uh, <laughs> the injuries that they're getting um, and, and the fact they can't keep players fit that is a massive problem and as I say it's not an excuse the injuries um, because for Manchester United they shouldn't be using that as an excuse but you have to look at the medical side of this football club it's like it's like a lot of other sides of this football club incompetent and uh, not up to standard and not best of class but uh, that's happened for a long long time but as I say the team news so it's uh, an iron goal back four of um, the low Short left back uh, Maguire and Varane, midfield Kobe Mainu, um, Bruno Fernandes, and um, Casemiro, and then the uh, 
up front, it's Rashford on the left. Ganacho on the right with Poyling through the middle. I think Poyling could score for sixth game in a row um, today, I think, which um, will be uh, good for Manchester United and be good for him. Um, but we'll see how United deal with this game. It's going to be a very different game to the game against Aston Villa. Um, it's going to be very physical. Luton, who probably themselves showed a little bit of arrogance last week when they got beat at home to um, Sheffield United after um, beating Brighton 4-0, drawn 4-4 Newcastle. Um, I think they thought, well, Sheffield United just turn up, we'll just win. But they didn't. And uh, they'll be more than up for this game today. And um, United need to be ready and they need to be uh, willing to, you know, um, withstand any fight that Luton will give. And as I say, it was um, a very um, difficult game at Old Trafford. Only got through with a goal from um, Victor Lindelof in the end. But um, it was a delivery for United, but Luton made it difficult and they did have a number of opportunities as well so they're gonna they're gonna be up for this and they're gonna think they can take united down and their, their home form has been good their form generally has been good and you know luton have been much better than a lot of people were giving credit for this season so united are gonna have to be wary and be ready um and i think the managing players will make sure that is the case but they still need to perform a couple of players that play for Luton, ex-United players, Ted and Mengi and Talif Chong start for Manchester United. So I'm expecting good performances from them um, in today's match. And um, as I say, it's, it's important United get the victory. If they don't get the victory, it's, it, it's I mean, they've had, a, they've had, I mean, said this to my friend this week, they have had an awful season out of the Champions League, um, embarrassingly. Um, FA Cup, the only other trophy they can they can actually win this season. So um, a negative goal difference until last week. So uh, the plan is never. The plan is um, I'll be I'll be happy if we just don't go into a negative goal difference for the rest of the season. To be perfectly honest, that's the uh, standard and low level this season has, has has got me expecting. So we'll see how the game goes. Um, as I say, just uh, off round off round to my mate uh, Linda's. Uh, Let's see, we've had, um, I've been around there the last couple of weeks and we've won both games. Let's see if we can make it uh, a three-peat or a hat-trick, uh, as they say here, three-peat in America. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. Well, it is a three-peat, hat-trick, whatever you want to call it. Manchester United have won at Luton, finished Luton 1, Manchester United 2, three early goals in the game. Um, but a match that Manchester United have got away with it. Um, they probably should have won by more goals, but that's, you know, because Luton were, were attacking and United should really, they should, they should have won by three or four or five one, but that's not because they were the better quality side. It's just because they have better quality players um, than Luton and they and they took um, a lead and a hold of the game. I mean, this game, I mean, Rasmus Hoyland, who has struggled all season to score goals in the Premier League, is now seven in six matches in the Premier League, six going six matches in a row. He scored after, it was about 38 seconds um, after a mistake from a Luton defender it was basically just a freebie to be perfectly honest um, and uh, he put the ball away sort of sort of partially around the goalkeeper and slid into the net as I say after th I think I think officially it was 40 seconds but um, United took the lead early on and then they, they dominated for that first sort of 
10-15 minutes of the game they I mean Luton did have the ball quite a lot but United were just, just absolutely hammered them on the break there were opportunities Rashford had an opportunity um, for the break they were, they were carving Luton open and you know they could have had three four five goals in that early period of the game but they only did get a second it was um, a, t- a chested cross a ch- chested into the net from um, Hoyland after a corner guard actual shot Hoyland chested in he said after the match that he meant to do that I think what he was trying to do in my opinion was just try to keep the ball alive he kept it and it was and he did mean to keep the ball alive but the ball ended up in the back of the net so um, 2-0 to Manchester United in complete control of the match but you know United 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline for any team but for Manchester United it's probably their worst possible scoreline as I say Rashford had an opportunity soon after that a lovely break um, Maguire got in ahead Rashford broke up up the pitch had a shot before she put it wide and then Luton went on the pitch and scored a goal I mean I still have no idea what Andre Onana was doing to be perfectly honest um, Luke Shaw as well who uh, we'll talk more about Luke Shaw um, in a moment but um, it was Talib Chong got himself into a good position turned and shot um, the ball was sort of deflected upwards and it was Carlton Morris who had the ball into net. I have no idea what Anana was doing. He basically just jumped and didn't do anything. I mean, as I say, whatever you say about David De Gea, at least he could save the ball. Uh, Anana, who's useless with his feet from what I'm seeing, and I have felt sorry for him this season in regards to you don't have defenders, you know what to do with, with a goalkeeper who has the ball at his feet. But every time he kicked the ball up f- forward, United lost the ball. Uh, but apart from once when he did put a nice little drill ball into Bruno Fernandes in the second half. But uh, that was 2-1 to Luton and then Luton controlled the game from there. They had various opportunities breaking on the left. They were targeted, they targeted the flanks and uh, Doughty on the left-hand side was getting a lot of space and time. Garnacho and Dallow were, were trying their best but they weren't doing a brilliant job of stopping or stopping the crosses. And on the, on the, um, the right-hand side for Luton, the left-hand side for, for United, Shaw was having a bit of a torrid time um, and Luke Shaw didn't even last for the first half. He was taken off Victor Lindelof in stoppage time in the first half. What is the point if you're continually getting injured? What's the point? I mean, if he wasn't fit to play the 90 minutes, what was the point in starting him? I know, I mean, I know people say, well, you've got to play Luke Shaw, but what's the point if he keeps getting injured? Just leave him out of the team. It's, 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 it's the club's fault that they don't have a, they're, not, they're not structured or, or set up the squad properly to cover for, for this player. As I say, Regulon was sent back. Regulon was sent back in January. Where is Malassia? Where is Malassia? It's a joke. It's an absolute embarrassment. I tell you where Regulon is. Regulon was sent back because of finances. Because scum glazers want to keep their money. That's why he was sent back. Don't believe all this um, FFP stuff. Are you telling me Manchester United could not have afforded to keep Regulon? Of course they could have. But it's more money. Oh no, we might have Malassia back, so we'll just keep him. So, sure, off Lindelof on. I do very little off. He actually did. He didn't do too badly uh, in, in that position, um, and I think he may, he may possibly have an extended run in that game. But at half time, and um, at half time, it was two one to Manchester United. Obviously, the game ended two one. But Casemiro was fortunate to stay on. He, he got a, he got a first yellow card, which. I mean, it had to be a yellow because the player sort of fell over, but I'm not, not solely convinced he, he caught him that much. But he had a second challenge that was put in, but Woodrow did a bad challenge on a booking. 
but the ref, but nothing, nothing will be said of that because it's not Casemiro. Uh, but um, you know, we're fortunate at that stage to still be level and to still have um, eleven men on the pitch. Um, Ted Hag at halftime took off uh, Casemiro and he took off Jaime Maguire. Quite interesting to see how much agenda, because there will be agenda, because that's how it works in this country, uh, depending on what nationality you are. Because if you're going to call out Casemiro for being taken off, I'm surprised the manager couldn't trust a four-time Champions League winner just like to add to stay on the pitch. Um, then if you're going to call out Casemiro, you've got to call out Harry Maguire. But I can tell you now, nobody's going to call out Harry Maguire for his performance in the first half. I can tell you that uh, because uh, it, w- it won't be in the media because the only person you're allowed to criticise in the media are people who are not British. I'll tell you that now. But um, in the set, in the set, uh, halftime, he brought on, um, Scott McTominay was brought on and so was Johnny Evans. And... And Ibn Barad had an excellent second half in regards of the crosses. Luton was still the better side in the second half, um, but the, the Varan and Johnny Evans sort of scooped up pretty much 90, 99% of the crosses until right at the end when Ross Bartley got a header in. But absolutely brilliant defensive performance from both of them. Varan won't get, again, Varan won't get any credit for his performance because of his nationality and the fact that he's on 300 odd grand a week. And um, yeah, he, is, he is a bit injury prone, but it, you know, he's, he can't be positive about a four-time Champions League winner. I mean, a four-time Champions League winner comes to Manchester United and his performance um, isn't as good. I mean, that, I think that says more about the football club than it does about uh, about the player. But, um, but as I say, him and Johnny Evans had a solid second half. As I say, the only main opportunity that they had was when, as I say, Ross Bar- Barkley right at the end, a great header. And you know what? It would have gone in. <laughs> it would have gone in. It hit, hit the top of the crossbar, but it would have gone in. Great, even with Anana there. But as I say... <laughs> Getting rid of the hair for Anana without actually, you know, this is the thing, he's got to improve Anana, but um, he needs to start saving the ball as well. He did last week against Villa, but today he, he wasn't great with his feet and with his saving. Um, but United had opportunities on the break. Bruno Fernandes, Garnacho. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the opportunities that they had, you've got to put them in the back of the net. I mean, Luton, as I say, if, you, if United had half the spirit that Luton had, <laughs> they'd be a brilliant sign but this is a problem with Man United they're so weak when things aren't going well they just they just collapse but Luton just didn't have the quality to take advantage a better side than Luton would have taken advantage and United would have lost today probably 3-2 even with basically been given the first goal and then some improvisation um, for the second goal and this is the problem with Man United. When they're being, playing better quality, they are easily going to be found out. Some some of the time, when they're not playing better quality, they get found out. Uh, you know, look at the Champions League. At the end of the day, I mean, Copenhagen uh, were back in the Champions League this week, not to Man United, embarrassing, and we just, they were just battered by Manchester City battered and no people say well United were 2-0 up and then Rashford got sent off yeah but United still collapsed they were 3-2 up with 10 men and still collapsed in the last 10 minutes of that game and that says everything about Manchester United as a football club I mean there was a there was a there was a point in the match where Sky went to Eric Ten Hag and he was looking down at the floor he wasn't looking happy he was looking down the floor because he's thinking what the fuck is going on here 
We've got better quality players. I've given instructions, but what are they doing? What the heck are they doing? As I say, I've said before, I'll say it again. The biggest problem at this football club, outside of the Glazers, is and their and their and their sycophant, uh, scum, parasite, cockroach uh, stooges that they've put in positions that I called out uh, with Ed Woodward in 2013. By the way, September 2013. Let's just get the month in there. Is the players? It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And today they got over the line. They'll claim, oh, look, we've won four in a row. Look, we've managed to get over the line. Even Hoyland in his Sky interview said that uh, maybe a little bit lucky with three points is most important. He is right. But even he knows. He is aware. And I think that's probably the manager ringing in the ears. He, To be honest, Hoyland's not a fault at all because he was knackered at the end of the game. He could hardly get up the pitch. He did have an opportunity. Got to say, Kaminsky had a, a, good, game, a good game for Luton. Um, but he can get up the pitch and this is a problem the squad's not strong enough and as I say a couple more injuries in key positions United are nowhere and as I say he was taken off uh, for Amabat towards the end and I, I mentioned that to Linda we need, we need to get Hoyland off because he's knackered he's, he's like playing with 10 men but then he put Rashford up front what is the point of putting Marcus Rashford well, get bloody Scott McTominay up there he can do that job he can at least hold the ball up and cause problems for defenders Rashford can't if the ball's put in front of him he's got the pace but as a striker on your own especially when you've just brought on a defensive midfielder so you are going to be a bit more solid you need a striker and hold the ball up and United don't have one other than Hoyland and it's an absolute joke but as I say they got themselves over the line they won the match but they still work what needs to be done Fulham up next and they need again they need to win that game oh goal difference plus one way with positive goal difference an embarrassment it's taken this long uh, since I don't, I don't know when we went into a negative goal difference potentially it was the second match of the season potentially um, although we did beat Forest the week after so uh, it, could, it could have been after that I'll be interested to see how long we've been in a negative goal difference or oh, well not in a positive goal difference anyway but we are in a positive goal difference and really we need to get some goals against Fulham because after that it's Manchester City and who knows what would happen in that game um, um, in a couple of weeks time but they can't be arrogant about the Fulham match they have to make sure they do their due diligence and there's a bit of a thing with Man United and Fulham especially after their collapse at the FA Cup last season they all want to come to Old Trafford and get some kind of result and United were lucky to beat them at, uh, at Fulham with a late goal that, that wasn't deserved for either side he should have been a draw really but Bruno Fernandes made the difference so another victory chalked off for Manchester United as I say that is important 44 points beat Fulham next week um, they will be level on points with Spurs miles around a goal difference as I say but they'll be level on points and they need to put the pressure on teams because this is the thing you put pressure on teams you've no idea what they're going to do I remember last season with Arsenal when they bottled the title they bottled the title because they didn't put any pressure on Manchester City Manchester City steamrolled but Arsenal were losing and drawing matches against teams other than Manchester City if Manchester City batter you so what you just move on and just win your other games that's the whole point but they didn't make it difficult for Manchester City they, they allowed City to have breathing space because if you don't put a team under pressure it gives, it, it gives you exactly what you need you can just play with a cigar on
and yet Manchester United need to make sure that they're not allowing Spurs or Aston Villa to play with a cigar on so they need to keep winning as many football matches as they can because of the, the way this season's gone they need to keep winning them <laughs> because um, they've dropped too many points already this season um, and they've not performed very well either as I say it's last two weeks 2-2-1 two, two, victories very different 2-1 victories they've got themselves over the line I think against Villa they, they deserved it for keeping themselves in the game against Luton they got away with it because Luton just didn't have the additional quality to uh, to take advantage of their, of their better play so United are going to have to take that into account when they play Fulham they need to play better than they did against Luton today so as always, uh, thanks for listening and all the pods are up at www.mufcglobal.co.uk or the various podcast platforms, Spotify, Podbean, Pcast, Listen Notes, search MUFC Global on your favourite search engine and it will come up. Let me know what you think. And I'm Manchester United on the charge to make at least the top five because top five might get you Champions League but they've also got an FA Cup uh, as well to chase down and to try and win as well because Ten Hag wants to win trophies. He wants to win trophies as well as qualify for the Champions League and it, and it is an issue with the financial side of this football club which is an absolute mess because we've had idiots running the show. But remember... It's all the fault of the players that aren't British. Just remember that. Just remember. They're the ones that cause all the problems at this football club. Not, as I say, protection of certain players. Um, you can hear it. Say a lot. Just say, when, when I'm around with my mates, I mean, if I was at home watching the game, I wouldn't even have the commentary on. <laughs> if I'm uh, around with my mates, obviously, it's their place. They can have as much commentary on as they want, and I just have to deal with it. So... Um, but yeah, you get you get the usual uh, blah 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 that's coming through, um, and uh, as I say, I'm sure they were very happy with the half-time substitutions. Although I'm sure they weren't, they were they, they were shocked that Maguire went off. Not much actually said about that uh, post-match, although because I saw a little bit post-match. Uh, but may, maybe when I uh, may, maybe they're talking about it uh, once once I switch the post match off. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, as always, thanks for listening. I'll be back after the Fulham game. I'm at the match on uh, Saturday, three pm kickoff. Again, another must win for Manchester United. When every game, as the manager says, is a cup final, that says you've had problems previously in the season because surely every match shouldn't be a win-win game, but they are for Manchester United now. So thanks for listening. As I say, back after the Fulham game next Saturday.